You're listening to the Live Fiercely podcast, episode number nine. It's my first interview, and it's with my favorite guy in the whole world, my husband, Clay. We're sharing our story from the beginning as college kids to how we've kept a strong marriage over 10 years, and there's no filters. We're sharing the struggles, too. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Live Fiercely Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Wilford. Each week, I'll empower you with tips to live your best life and tools to grow your direct sales business. So grab a cup of coffee, because you know I have one, and get ready to live fiercely. Hey, Clay. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Amber? Living fiercely today? Oh, every day. Every day. Every day. This is Clay, and this is my everyday life. It's pretty fierce. <laughs> oh, yes. You know when they say you marry somebody like your dad? I did. Just all sarcasm my entire life from my dad and now my husband. She's a lucky gal, right, Lumber? <laughs> we met when we were in college. He was a... Johnny and I was a Benny. For those of you who don't know, that is a pretty typical thing to happen when you are a student at St. Ben's or St. John's. It's happened for us. And uh, we've been married for 10 and a half years. It's pretty incredible. You stuck it out this long. I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's been great. Overall, our marriage has been good, but there have also been times where it hasn't been, and that's okay too. It's not perfect all the time, but we work through it. What would you say the biggest thing has been for us over the last 10 and a half years? Definitely communication, understanding how to communicate to you. Um, I think, especially when we were first together, I didn't realize that you needed to be talked to in a different way, and there were different things that I needed to say to you in order for it to impact you the way that it would for me. And even just learning what things to do for you, you know, nonverbal communications, what things mean a lot to you that aren't necessarily as important to me, but I know that if I do those things, it's going to make you happy. Because if I just try to do to, do to you what makes me happy, you're not going to be happy. So I needed to learn not only how to communicate with you, but what things you wanted me to do non-verbally as well. Like clean the kitchen? Yeah, like clean the kitchen. I still struggle with that one, as you may or may not know. I No, I didn't know that. Sometimes I do leave dishes out. You, you might do? not have noticed. It only oh. happens very rarely. Yeah. Super rarely. And uh, yeah, when we were <laughs> in our early years, we got the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Does Sounds sound right. right. All right. And uh, that was a game changer for us because it did. It really helped us to realize, um, as he was saying, you can probably tell if you're familiar with love languages that my love language is words of affirmation and acts of service. And his are physical touch and quality time. So... Hooray to that. We figured that out early on, but it it makes it a challenge. It does, but I think there's also a lot of reward in it too because especially if you know the other person's love languages aren't yours, it makes it more meaningful when they're willing to do things that aren't necessarily as important to them just because they love you. Yeah, I think it, it's more profound that way. Yeah, I agree. And I think too with um, understanding the other person – for me, I had to let go of some things that 
they just aren't important to him. He doesn't care, and it's not that he's doing it out of spite, but he's just not going to make the bed. And he's probably not going to shut the cupboard doors, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to learn to let go of some things, knowing that it's just not important for him, so he doesn't think about it. He probably does the same for me, like, what you got? Things that I let go of? Yeah. I never let go of anything. My wife is perfect. Try again. Can you step out of the room for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a moment alone with yeah, your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Things that I let go of. Um, sometimes my redheaded wife can be a little bit fiery. Imagine that. And when she gets, maybe we'll go with fierce. She can be fierce <laughs> in the way that she approaches, let's say, if I don't clean the kitchen. And I sometimes just have to take a deep breath and understand that that's the way she is and, and move on. What are you saying? Uh, this is why I want the moment <laughs> Honestly, it's still like a, a weekly thing that we talk about. We're always in communication, whether it's just simply asking, how is your love tank? Are you feeling filled up? Is there anything I can do to make you feel more filled up? Or somebody saying, I don't feel filled up. And we have a great communication in that there's kind of no offense taken. It's just a, well, that's not true because I'm a fiery redhead. But <laughs> <laughs> but we try to be very open about that and not let it get to the point where we're so upset with each other. It's tough going back. Yeah, and actually, I was recently learning about what makes strong marriages. And statistically, they show that those who most readily approach their spouse with their issues have a much stronger likelihood of surviving. And I think that that's been true for us, where neither of us shy away when we're not feeling loved or when we're feeling neglected. We don't let it go more than a few days, and then we approach the other one. And some people may see that as you're being combative or you're, you're being aggressive, but we've, I, I think, always looked at it as an opportunity to serve the other one better. And I think, you know, not only from our anecdotal evidence, but also the actual research that's been done has shown that that openness to hearing your partner's concerns or sharing your concerns with your partner is proven to, to create long-lasting and better relationships. I love this guy. He's totally, like, research-based. And I'm over here like, just give me all the feels <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, and going off of that, recently – in the past few months, we've taken to the Enneagram, and we've realized we're both threes, which is achievers, which is we never sit. We never just relax. <laughs> we're just always, always doing. I always have people ask me, like, how do you do it all? You seem to have it all together, and you're balanced, and you're always doing something and traveling and whatever. But the reality is that's just our personalities. We don't like to just sit around and do nothing even when we have a family weekend scheduled we can't just sit around so understanding that is helpful for us because we do lead a crazy schedule and we choose to like I'm talking about in a future episode we choose our busy and my family we choose our busy Clay and I like to go and we like to do we are both entrepreneurs and so we have to be very intentional about our love languages we have to be very intentional about our communication to make sure that I'm spending time with him because that's his love language 
And even though he has a full-time job and he is an entrepreneur and has a pinball business on the side, he's still very intentional about sending me love texts or cleaning up the kitchen. So wouldn't you agree that it's very important to understand each other on more than one level of just here's how I feel loved or um, understanding what you need but understanding who you are at the same time? Yeah, I think and that's interesting because you do need to understand who you are as well. And I think that that was a challenge for us at first because especially with time because like you said, we're both so busy we originally thought that the solution to that problem was just to be less busy. But then as we tried to do that, we both got miserable because we would go stir crazy and we realized that we just needed to be busy together sometimes. <laughs> and so that's what we ended up doing is we ended up picking up hobbies or things that we like to do together, you know, whether it's going out and kayaking or if it's just going out and sampling some new food or even cooking together. Sometimes we'll spend a night in the kitchen cooking together. So it's ways to be busy together. And so it's not just about what your love language is sometimes. It's about what the other's is, what yours is, and how those two can combine with the crazy life you have going on all around you and how you balance all of that together to make it work. And some weeks are not very good. Some weeks we just aren't very good at it, but that's where we come back to communication and we're like, okay, let's look at next week. Let's figure this out. We need to be more intentional next week. We did get to a place where we weren't seeing each other much. There was a couple months there where it was like, oh, hey, see you in passing. And we decided that we had to schedule a family weekend every month. We had to have how many open nights a week? Three open Three, nights a I week. Think. Yeah. yeah. And so every week we're intentional with that. And even if that doesn't happen as far as the open nights every week because a meeting comes up or his pinball business is really revving up and so he might have to be doing something with that, we are intentional about the nights that we have together. So we aren't just sitting in front of the TV. We're not we're not much of TV people to begin with, and I know that some people are, um, but we're intentional about actually having conversation together. I think that's really big for us when we do have even just an hour after the kids go to bed to be able to spend talking to each other versus just sitting in front of the TV. And it doesn't matter if you do like sitting in front of the TV because some people that's going to be a viable activity for the two of you to do. It just depends, again, on... What are your motivations? What do you like to do? What do you want to do? What does the other person in the relationship want to do? And how do you make all of those things come together in something beautiful? Aww. Yeah, cut that last part out. <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say beautiful on a podcast. Oh, I'm totally putting it in there. <laughs> um, the question really is, when did you know that I was the one? I really want to say something questionable for your audience here right now. Is that And that's probably, I don't know. What's the answer? <laughs> okay, so it doesn't involve your appearance. Is that what I'm to be told here? I can't make comments about the way you look or the way you looked when I first saw you? I don't know. I'm curious to what you're <laughs> going to say right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, you're not. You have to say what you were going to say. <laughs> You looked sexy the first time I saw you. Oh, thank you. So there was that. There was that. But that wasn't when I knew I wanted to marry you. I'm keeping that in there just so you know. That was, oh, please do. <laughs> you, your fans see you on Instagram. They already know it. I'm blushing right now just so you know. 
Anyway, time I actually knew I wanted to marry you. I'm s- sorry my wife is getting me off track here. I've mm-hmm. got to bring it back, keep us in line. Right. It's usually my role in the marriage. Yeah. So the story <laughs> goes something like this. We were hanging out one night, and we were actually in a bar in St. Joe. So this would have been back in 2007. And I had never really rushed into any relationships that I had. Quite frankly, I just hadn't found anybody that I felt was worth being with for the rest of my life. And a lot of the problem that I had was I have a very aggressive personality. You and do? Yeah, it, I know. It's a, it's a surprise to you, yeah. I'm sure. Wow. And I wanted somebody who wasn't afraid to stand up for what they believed in, no matter how hard I would push on it. And I love arguing. For anybody that knows me, I love a good debate. <laughs> he really I love does. discourse. I love just exploring ideas. And so we were talking one night about faith and about religion. And at that point... I wasn't as devout as I maybe could have been, but, you know, I was like 21 or 22 years old. That's pretty common. And anyway, you were on the opposite side of that spectrum. And I remember having a conversation, and we were talking about religion, and we were talking about what your beliefs were and why I was questioning things. And I remember that every time I would make a point and I would think like, ha, gotcha, this is the best point ever, you would never back down. And even if you didn't know the answer – You then, even later on, went and talked to some professors. You talked to everybody you could to help me answer my questions. And it was the first time I had really met somebody who would meet me head on every time I would challenge them with something and actually level with me on it. And that, for for me, was when I knew I wanted to marry you because I knew I met somebody who was going to make me better and take every opportunity I could to do that. I never really had anybody either who would challenge me and not in a way to defeat me in a debate, but to really learn. And we learned a lot of things together in our faith. And I thought I was strong in my faith at that point in time, but because of where he was at in his faith and the amount of conversations that we had and things that we dug into with our faith, it made me stronger in my faith and it made me a better person. And he still does that stuff today regardless of what it is, um, but he's always been somebody who's pushed me to be a better person. I think that openness, too, that openness to new ideas was really attractive to me. We both do a really good job of when we talk to each other, we don't have any preconceptions when we have an idea or we have a concern. When one of us comes to the other one, We always are open about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and then we try to meet them where they are rather than trying to take what we already feel and interjecting that into the conversation. So when you, at that first time, were talking to me about your faith, rather than me taking my doubts and fears and projecting them into the conversation, I was really trying to understand what you thought and and the ideas that you had and how I could understand those, whether they were right or wrong or otherwise. And it led me down a really great path. I mean, that's not the only one that we've done that on. I know that there's been a lot of things where you've helped me see better paths and you've helped me down those paths. But it starts, number one, like we talked about before, with that willingness to confront each other. And number two, being open about that and not being afraid to change your mind or to change your direction. I have another question for you. Fire away. What's your favorite thing about me? And no, it can't be my butt. (laughs) And yeah, I'm keeping that in there. (laughs) Did you know that's why I was silent? (laughs) (laughs) I did. 
<laughs> you gave me that look you, like I can't say you it. You can see the panic in my face like I want to say it, but I can't. Pretty much. <laughs> well, now you've handcuffed me. <laughs> my favorite thing, and really from the time I met you, it's, it's your personality overall. And I mentioned the part about you being very forthright with your personality, and I love that about you. But just the way that you can connect with people, it, it's fascinating to me because I don't have that the same way that you do. I, I'm, I'm good at you know having small talk or making superficial connections with people, but you have this way of after five minutes of talking to somebody, you're like best friends and planning your next like vacation where you're going to go <laughs> hang out with them or something. I mean, you've got this way where you can really form a deep connection with somebody with really little to no effort, and that's always been really cool for me to watch especially as somebody who doesn't have that skill like you do. Would you imagine that being my love language is words of affirmation? My love tank is overflowing right now. My favorite thing about you, one of the many, uh, is that you can always make me laugh. I deal with uh, seasonal affect disorder, and winters are hard for me. And just yesterday I was having a down day, and – he came home, and with the, like, hour we got to spend together, it just lifted my spirit so much. I got butterflies when he walked in the house, and he just made me laugh and smile, and he does that without any effort, and I appreciate that about you. Thank you. His love language is not you? words of affirmation, so he's like, oh, cool. Now give me a back rub or something else. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was fun. Thanks for being on the show. You're welcome, Amber. I love calling you Amber because we it never call each me. other names. <laughs> it always throws you off. <laughs> Our pet name for each other is Muffin. Why did that even start? I have no idea. I don't either. But we call each other Muffin. So when he calls me by name, I'm like, what? Did I do something wrong? <laughs> well, really, though. Thanks for being here. This was super fun. Um it, well, w it was fun. Hopefully you get some usable material between all the laughter. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we live our lives. That's so good. It's fitting. One last question for you. What does it mean to you to live fiercely? We've all been given a number of gifts, whether, you know, that's talking like you and I have or it's intellect or it's compassion or empathy. And to me, to live fiercely is to recognize that you have those, recognize that they're not yours alone to have, and figure out ways to put those out in the world as much as you possibly can. I love him. I love you too. That was way too much of a pause there. <laughs> you can edit that out. It's fine. That's true. <laughs> All right, friends, thanks for listening to the Live Fiercely podcast with your favorite coffee lover, me, Amber Wilfert. And your second favorite coffee lover? Me, Clay Wilford. <laughs> Until next time, keep on living fiercely. Welcome. Welcome, Clay. Nope, that was bad. Let's not use that. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. She's a lucky guy, right, Lumber? She's a lucky guy. <laughs> I meant to say cow. <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> um, good thing we got the edit button. <laughs>